friends, and uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of Calvary Connection. Uh, this time diving into chapter one of uh, Hi Becoming a Hybrid Church by Dave Dauber. Uh, we are looking at hybrid church and adaptive leadership. It's the first chapter of this book. Uh, man, this was a, there was a lot of, of really uh, nitty gritty details in this, like definitions and things. That I was, agree. Yeah. Is that it's kind of a tough start <laughs> I know. to a new book in a different way than our last book? And just in the sense of kind of talking churchy language and, um, and, and really getting to some big picture, small picture yeah. uh, kind of differentiations. And yet probably a very helpful start to what we're going to get into in the next chapters, which will be probably much more engaging for you as far as worship and faith formation practices and the kind of um, stewardship, some different ways that we've talked a lot more in, at church. But this first chapter was a little bit um, meatier. Yeah, I think like it you was, said. Yeah, it was more equipping us for yeah. like setting the stage for what's to come so that we all kind of have some common language to engage that with. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, it's always kind of a challenging piece, but it, we're going to be thankful we have that stuff going forward. Yeah, because so. I think we'll come back to that mm -hmm. as well uh, to, to continue to try to think about how planning and, and changes really um, that that is the roadmap forward yeah. uh, that we'll, we'll come back to this chapter. But yeah, it was kind of a little like, woo, yeah. uh, place to start. But we got through it and I hope you did too. Yeah. And uh, we're going to just chat a little bit about what we got out of chapter one. And again, hopefully you can engage us in both the Zoom uh, conversation on Wednesday night as well as uh, reading it yourself and making any notes. So. I mean, it wasn't a super long chapter. I mean, it was only, sure. like, 10 pages at most or something like that. But it's, I really like how we kind of dove in talking about, for a lot of us, how this adaptive thing began yeah. with Easter of 2020. Yeah. You know, like, when COVID hit and the scenario that he proposes about, like, prior to COVID, if someone had said, let's cancel Easter worship in person and all focus those resources on an online presence... That's nuts, right? We would have been fired. We would have been fired. <laughs> you know, that's just, that, that's so against what everyone would want from an Easter service. And what we would want. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, going to seminary, This these are the celebrations we, we really live for. Right. Uh, Easter resurrection story. He is risen. He is um, risen indeed. Yeah. You know, seeing the people celebrating that good news. So, again, I think you're right. If we would have just said, like, here's a harebrained idea, <laughs> it wouldn't have flown very far. It was uh, a, yes, sure. it is a harebrained yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and don't yet, do it. And yet, like, almost every single church ended up either in that mode or something similar to it, trying to adapt to what was this global pandemic that we found ourselves in. Oh, yeah. And how that Easter message spoke into that, oh. you know, I think, so what is the resurrection that's going to happen? Yeah. Again, a very different message because the pandemic was right in our face than probably any sermon I've ever preached before. It's that real. Easter yeah. was um, seeing it in a whole different perspective. And again, not knowing that, n knowing that it wasn't just Bemidji, but it was the whole world yeah. that was hearing the good news in a different way needing a, a needing hope needing to be watchful for what god was doing and again understanding that resurrection in a whole new sense um but again i think uh, if it would have just been jeremiah and i's idea <laughs> uh, uh, it actually wouldn't have come because we yeah. love the season so much but, right um, well, and that kind of ties into one of the quotes that stood out to be in that same section where he writes on page nine uh it's easier to adapt 
when you have no choice but to do it, right? Like, that's kind of the situation we were in is that we couldn't have business as usual Easter right. service. We had a pandemic, you know, and so there had to be some new way of engaging this holy time. We just had to find out what it was. You're right. And it took a lot of time and energy to think about how to do that and do that well. Yeah. And again, I think we fought the sense of like, we don't know how to do this. Uh, it would just be easier if we could just meet in person and commune in person and, uh, you know, sing in person. Um, and so we had to keep the challenge before us in a way that um, we were learning as we went too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot of what he's talking about is that at now looking forward, this hybrid church is not just saying we're going to add one more thing yeah. now. It is saying that we have to rethink, like we had to do on Holy Week, everything we do and make sure it has a purpose of reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's jump on that quote because yeah. that's, that's, that's a really another piece from page 10 that really stood out yeah. to both of us. Yeah. Uh, he writes, being a hybrid congregation does not mean that you just add online ministry and keep the other things the same. Yeah. Being a hybrid church means rethinking and reforming all of the ministry of the congregation. That's what makes being a hybrid church challenging. Rethinking literally everything is a big task, but that's also what makes being a hybrid church exciting. Yeah, I, I think it's overwhelming. Yeah to think about and yet I do feel like there's moments that it gets to be really exciting. When mm -hmm. we hear stories about how we're reaching lives in, in ways that didn't require them to find a way to get into our building, to experience the word, um, to be a part of a milestone ministry that they never could have made it yeah. otherwise. I mean, those are the stories that give me inspiration to think, okay, Lord, we're on to something here. Yep. Um, and and how can we maximize that? Again, I think I've told this story before, but that first summer when we were doing just online uh, worship, getting that wonderful email from the family that said, we're always at the lake cabin all summer. We never would drive in for Sunday worship, but we worshiped as a family every Monday night, and we got more church in than we ever had before in the summer months. That's not why we went online. <laughs> and yet it came from that. You know, it was yes. this beautiful fruit that came from a need to respond to a crisis. I mean, it reminds me of what Ron says. Yes. Uh, our dear Ron here at church has a quote that he says that uh, don't waste a good crisis. Right. You know, because you can make changes or you have to make changes in a crisis and things can come from them that really are incredibly beneficial and incredibly beautiful. Right. And the fruit of that ministry, even if it was for one family, again, that's not the, we weren't trying to please that family and try yeah. to figure that out. It wasn't even a thought in my mind that people would be watching any other time of the week. But now that's the new norm. Yeah. Now now people are saying, you know, I, I, I heard your sermon, but it wasn't until Thursday, you know, whatever. And just to think like, wow. And again, we had our sermons online prior to COVID, they could go in and listen to them on an audio recording. It wasn't visual then, but um, I don't know how many people did that because our norm was you plug in on church. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday's the day. And now that whole thing has been blown out of the water and people say, I know if I need some inspiration, I can go on now. And um, there's, a, there's a list of uh, sermons. There, there's more songs. There's more prayers uh, that that 
I can tap into uh, whenever I need to be inspired. Um, and again, that was not why we did right. the changes, but the fruits of that. And that's where I get excited yeah. um, that, that this can be an exciting task and not try to focus on how overwhelming it is when it t comes to every single part of the ministry that, again, I was trained to do in a seminary uh, over 20 years ago with never being able to forecast that a global pandemic would change everything right. that we do. And I think that is the challenge. And it will be the challenge for a lot of people is that, you know, it's not just... We, we don't just put our Sunday worship on the website and call it a day. You know, that's not hybrid. It really is involving, like, seeing all of our ministry as one whole and figuring out how they work together. It's going to be a different thing yeah. than it was in the past. And I think, especially when people really liked what we did before, any kind of switch in that is it, it's something that you don't necessarily want. Right. You know? And so it's really going to take some visioning and conversation together to figure out, where we're going to be and what God's calling us to. Yeah. Uh, that's really what um, I think God was working in my life to give this new theme uh, for Calvary, uh, Revelation 21, making all things new as Christ promised to us. And again, it's at the very, very end of the Bible. This good news comes to us. But uh, if you think about uh, God's pattern throughout the entire scripture, is that it is constantly making things new. Yes. Constantly. And again, if, if God's... Um, MO is continually to create new. When we resist that, we're not part of God's flow when it comes to that. Um, and again, I'm a resistor too when it comes to, to some things. But if we just stopped creating things new, where in the biblical story could we have gotten stuck? Oh gosh, yeah. Genesis. Uh, <laughs> Noah, Genesis. Uh, yes, yeah, Genesis, exactly. not even get out of Abraham. Um, you know, it, it, Jesus never coming. I mean, again, I think the, the story continues to go, and the hopefulness is that God does make all things new. And uh, God is rejuvenating my body right now. And again, if I was just stuck in a life sentence of that, it would feel there would be no hope. Right. Um, but God continues, uh, you know, God's whole purpose is making things new. We're going into the fall. We're seeing things change. But we all know that the changes will continue to come, and, and God's making all things new. So I do think that that's the excitement for me, and yeah. that is the hopefulness. And when I can stay focused on that, then the overwhelming part of transforming every aspect of ministry as we've known it lessons because all we have to do is watch what God is already up to and try to tap into that flow. Yeah. I think that really gets into that this second section that we were yeah. going to talk to about the different kinds and modes of leadership uh, that, that Dave talks about in this book, uh, the adaptive versus technical leadership. Yeah. This was kind of that whole like crunchy piece of the chapter for me, like trying to wrap my mind around, okay, exactly what he's getting at with these two, these two ideas. I don't know, was that kind of the same for you? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, and again, I'd heard this language before, but how he brought this to us, I think, again, is like a foundational piece so we can understand everything that's right. to come next. Yeah. So the technical pieces, um, again, when COVID hit, the whole world needed all the technical pieces that we did. Cameras, computers, computers that hook up to our soundboards <laughs> to not have a buzz being behind it, uh, microphones, I mean, you name it. The whole world needed those things. And so having patience and understanding that we can have those technical things uh, to come. Uh, they just weren't right at our fingertips. Um, 
and incorporating those technical things in our daily ministry, learning how to do uh, and use all the, the devices and technology. Uh, we had some things in place at Calvary, but we had kind of a long way to go yeah. as far as the technical needs to go fully online right. and now to figure out how to do a blending of that. Uh, what other technical needs? Well, uh, that's something that I, I, I when I finally like read through it a couple times yeah. to wrap my mind around it, what it's what I seem to settle on was that the adaptive is more of the visionary, right? Yes. It's it's right. what we're doing, like what direction are we going, and the technical is the nuts and bolts. Yeah. It's how do we do this, yeah. right? So like we're we we've made a decision that this is the direction that we want to go. Now the technical kind of fills in the pieces of like, we need this equipment. We need these yeah. people to meet these needs. We need to hire for this job that they can do that. You right. know, and that helped me kind of figure out what we're looking at. Uh, and, and actually, uh, Jim wrote in too that kind yeah. of, with a comment that kind of tied into this, uh, looking at um, the technical versus the, uh, the adaptive that Calvary has. He writes, Calvary has, out of necessity, put in place much of the technology required to be a hybrid church, the technical pieces of it, before the adaptive work in our you know, strategic plans right. uh, has been done. Uh, I'm sure this is the case for many congregations. Discerning how best to use this technical means of providing ministry will be our charge going forward and our staff and congregations charge going forward. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we had a strategic plan that went through 2022 and um, we had to abandon ship uh, on some of that. And again, with some grief, we had a pictorial directory in the strategic plan that uh, we found out now that we uh, wanted to try to do that, um, that it doesn't exist anymore. There are no companies that do uh, church directories anymore. It's almost a thing of the past. And did COVID kind of kill that? I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, um, there are new ways with technology that people are connecting. And so a physical church directory, uh, the news that we got is kind of a thing of the past, which really surprised me. But here again is the adaptive technical balance of finding new ways to do the same thing that the directory used to do. Uh, so we kind of missed out on, on that. Uh, we couldn't do that during COVID. Respectful conversations. We were going to do a spiritual gifts inventory. There were so many great things that we didn't complete on the strategic plan. But I think, imagine as a congregation, if we just said, we're not going to deal with COVID. We're going to uh, work on a spiritual gift inventory that people would be like, what, what are you guys doing? Um, so the adaptive strategic plan, the roadmap, is a great way to continue to guide us until we have a crisis, as Ron said, and we couldn't waste a good crisis to say we had to kind of abandon that roadmap and deal with the stuff that was right right in our faces. And I think yeah. we did that the best we could. And now the adaptive challenge will be in this next strategic plan to say how do we now understand and really decide, do we want to be a hybrid church? What's that going to entail? How are we going to vision that, staff for that, have values and goals around that uh, that will guide us into the future. And, and that'll be the next step. Yeah. This was something that actually really impressed me when I first came to Calvary because mm -hmm. looking at this whole adaptive technical piece, most churches I feel are really good at the technical. Like if something goes wrong, you know, the speaker went out this Sunday yeah. and we got to replace it, you know. Yeah. But the adaptive of really asking those questions of, 
How are we going to reshape what we're doing? How are we making things new? What is our strategic plan? A lot of churches don't really focus too mm. much on that. It's yeah. this is what we do because we worship on Sunday, we have our confirmation program, and we're just going to keep doing that. Calvary has, for years, had in place this this process of let's ask those questions. Let's, let's vision what the future might be. Let's adapt to where God is leading us. And I think... Uh, from my perspective as a relative newcomer, yeah. I think that has done good things for positioning us to uh, adapt to this new world we find ourselves in. That's great insight and feedback because I do think for me as a leader, it gives us some marching orders and again involves the congregation and pieces of that. Because when there's not a plan, people make up their own plan and it's a lot of good ministry going on, but it doesn't feel united or yeah. it doesn't feel... Um, like we are one congregation. It feels like a lot of work's getting done, but no one knows and can celebrate that kind of work. So these strategic plans have been vital for me as a leader to kind of hang our hat on some things. And again, like over the years, what we've discovered is God has really called Calvary to do first third of life ministry and do it well. So from birth to college age, and then how do we wrap people up who are empty nesters and in, in the grandparent stage of life, how do we incorporate them in that first third of life? And that's been a challenge to try to think through uh, what that might look like, but it's provided so much clarity. And there are other things that we can't do well at Calvary. There's so many other churches that can. And, and realizing that we're one large universal church that, you know, let the Baptists do that or Catholics or, or other Lutheran churches even, um, and, and trying to let go of that because the challenge is always between good and great. There's not yeah. a bad idea when it comes to ministry because there's so many needs. So I think some of that adaptive work, again, we've had some history of, and yet I feel like this next strategic plan will be key in really trying to be thoughtful about how those strategic priorities shape the culture, yeah. shape who we are, what it feels like to be at Calvary, because that has definitely shifted. Yeah. And I think that would be a good place for us to you know, give a plug, not yeah. just for joining us in the conversation about this book, but about joining us with a strategic plan. I mean, yeah. this really needs to be a full congregational conversation. For sure. You know, we really want everyone's voice to be a part of this because it's not like Janelle and I are the body of Christ. It's we are the body of Christ together and we need to discern where God is calling us and do some of the adaptive work as a whole. Um, this is a good place to start, yeah. right? Joining yeah. in on these conversations uh, that, that David is, is, is carrying through. I mean, uh, tonight as we record this, we're going to be having the first conversation, but there's, there's uh, some stuff at the end of each chapter about yeah. like some Bible study pieces yeah. that will be helpful for us. Uh, and so we really do invite you to take part in this conversation. Even if you don't get the book, even if you don't feel like you want to commit to a book study piece of it, tune in for the conversation. Have your voice heard, uh, hear other voices so that we can really come together as a congregation and figure out where it is that God is leading us in this. Absolutely. And again, I think if Pastor Jeremiah and I are called to lead some of this, uh, what we need is to hear how the Holy Spirit is at work, yes. and that's through your daily life, how you're experiencing life and faith and how they connect. And again, we can exhaust many hours into trying to think about some of the technical ways to do things, uh, but what we really need is that buy-in uh, of, of understanding 
the roadmap. What is going to be the most helpful way to continue to support you in your journey of life and faith? And then how the church can walk beside you in that. And again, we anticipate this is going to look a lot different in the future. This will change the rest of my ministry as I know it. And yet I'm excited about that. I'm trying to see this as a new opportunity to teach an old dog new tricks um, (laughs) and and to really lean into um, how we can be the church of Jesus Christ the best we can in this new, hopefully post-pandemic world that we're leaning into. Soon, soon we hope. Yeah. Well, once again, uh, another welcome invitation to join us Wednesday night, 7.15, to talk about this book and some of the other topics that come up. Uh, you can sign up for the Zoom conversation on the website, uh, or you can, and or you can also email us at podcast at calvarybemidji.org. Share some of your questions, some of your thoughts, and we can engage with that as well. Uh, again, we just want to be in conversation with you all. Join us next week as we dive into chapter two. It's going to be, uh, I think, a really engaging conversation about something that we both love. I'm looking forward to it. And that's worship. So have a great week, friends, and join us next week for Calvary Connection. We love you very much.